Double feature, the podcast about twin films. I'm Dan. I'm Max. Max, H- house housekeeping. Yeah, I'm sick. So sorry yeah. if I sound like shit. Yeah, I just saw Max sneeze on our video call, and like, I mean, he's alone in a room, so he can be forgiven. But he did not cover his nose at all, and I nope. saw, I saw like a mist of snot fly out of his nose. The only thing in here with me are some cats, and I'm trying to get them shit sick. Yeah, little fuckers. I'm trying to I'm trying to break that human animal illness barrier. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> get get one back for the COVID bats or whatever. Yeah. Monkey pox. Yeah. yeah, we got all kinds of stuff. Um it's still kicking around, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Can they cure that yet? If you catch uh, it really early, yeah, I don't know. Probably. Did they just not for us, dude? Sure, hope they do it. Joe Biden's had it seven times. <laughs> yeah, he's always fucking and sucking. <laughs> okay, we got to get off this topic real quick because because uh, Max, it's uh, it's week two of Valentine's Fortnite. Damn straight, our, our two week long uh, journey into the films of Val Kilmer. Um, but before we really talk Val heavily, uh. You said you haven't watched much. Have you watched anything you want to talk about? No, I, I've literally watched nothing. Uh, it, like, um, oh, geez. I mean, I can carry this segment. I've watched plenty of stuff. Uh, I mean, that's. I guess that's oh. not true. <laughs> uh, I, I saw X again. Oh, yeah. I watched oh, in preparation X to watch Pearl. To go see Pearl. Uh, but uh, then neither I was, of us have seen Pearl yet. Yeah, I was sick all week, so we did not... Um, make it to the theater but i rewatched x it's still good uh i'm still just completely in shock that one of the best sequence in the movie is a britney snow music video sequence uh singing stevie nicks uh to have a movie be that trashy and b movie schlock to have a fairly beautiful poignant visual uh storytelling moment is pretty cool and um yeah and then i just i watched some football and uh blew my nose a million and a half times dolphins won big bucks win big win for the dolphins i love love that for me um i just saw a tweet today somebody was saying they didn't understand what fucking magic ty west worked to let a24 just go let him go back to back like this and uh, then found out that these two movies production together just barely hit two million dollars. Yeah, so, it's, uh, so can d- keep making something out of nothing and then do it again. Yeah, Good job. Now Tom we're West. getting a third movie in Maxine. 
uh, following our protagonist from X into into the eighties. Mia, uh, Mia Goth, dude, with the three P. We love it. Yeah, I, we stand a quirky queen. I'm and I'm glad like Pearl's getting the uh, the huge push that it is because. Uh, Did you see the tweet today about Martin Scorsese loves it? No, I don't. I don't know if I'm getting baited because like. <laughs> Oh, fuck. What movie was it? It was like a dog shit, like, Marvel movie or like a, like some just god awful fucking piece of shit movie. And it had, I think, like a rapper in it. And somebody showed him a, a fake Martin Scorsese quote about how good he thought the movie was. And he, like, posted it to his personal Instagram, like, thank you oh, so much shit. for this one. Can't believe hearing this from Marty himself, <laughs> one of the goats. I gotta find that. I gotta find that yeah, post. I gotta figure that out for myself and link it in the show notes. So I hope I'm not getting got, but I, I saw multiple different posts today saying Martin Scorsese liked Pearl a lot. I, like big props to Ty West. So ho- hopefully cool. that's real. A twenty four is pushing the shit out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I see. Fucking I'm happy about youtube ads constantly yeah which i like just again like as a fan of the genre to have uh we just talked about it before going uh to record here about like barbarian was number one movie in theaters last weekend on its debut or i guess two weekends ago its debut weekend which is like so sick to have you know these kinds of movies these like low budget tour kind of i'm gonna say tour just because it's like there you you can tell there's just no producer influence in either of these fucking movies at any point like just director led films with like Watcher even though Watcher was straight to shutter but like Barbarian in theaters and Ty West doing it with X and Pearl and then uh, Maxine coming up too it's just fun it's exciting for the genre i love it yeah big renaissance Max. Max, that's what i've been watching what have you been watching dan i've been doing 2022 catch up just like Ooh. Uh, some real new ones, some ones I've missed so far this year. Uh, one I'd love to shout out is 2022 Deep Water. Uh, the famous uh, abandoned um, Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck uh, couple movie um, to go with their real-life short-lived romance. Um, it's from uh, Adrian Lynn, the guy who did like Fatal Attraction and like Unfaithful and all these uh, sexy thrillers and stuff back in the day, uh-huh. and uh, trying to be a return to form of that. And uh, boy, howdy, it stinks! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew this one was gonna suck, uh, and and it did. Um, watched it anyway. Uh, no chemistry whatsoever going on. Um, yeah, she they they have like a loveless marriage, uh, but they have a daughter, so he like wants to be with her, but she wants to be with other men, and uh, all of the boyfriends uh, end up uh, with mysterious uh, deaths and disappearances, and he raises snails in the garage, and uh, boy howdy, this movie stinks. I used to Wait, think he raises snails. Yeah. It's a detail that's probably from like the book this was based on or something that doesn't really matter much. Um, I'm sure in the book it has some sort of like at least attempted story significance to like tied to his character. That's and that's what it feels like. State and something, and then whoever made you know they're making this movie and just said 
he raises snails. That's a character trait that he has. And <laughs> yeah. We're going to ignore the just the subtext of it entirely, which is probably pretty, you know, integral to himself and uh the story at large over the course of an entire novel's narrative, but Yeah. Let's just make him do it. Yeah. In an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh this movie stinks. Uh <laughs> I I wrote a review on Letterboxd kind of summing this up, but like this whole movie is about how sexy Anna de Armas is and like the links you would still go through to be with her and stuff. And I, I used to think she was like the most beautiful woman like acting right now, but something about seeing her in all of these limp movies, especially gray man, just like flipped a switch in my brain that now I just feel nothing from her. Um, I don't know, man. You, I'm sorry, Anna, you, you kind of lost your chance with me. So, yeah. Um, what else? Another new movie. I watched uh, the new uh, Shutter movie. Who invited them? Uh, some people have a dinner party for their new house, and all their friends slowly leave. And then there's uh, just one couple that nobody really knows who invited them. Uh, they just they're still there. And they keep hanging out. And then things might, I don't know, maybe maybe they'll turn sinister. Uh, I've previously said that I don't try to guess the twist in a movie because mm-hmm. if I can guess it, then the movie's stupid and I'd rather just experience the movie. I guess, I guess this twist's like cra- crazy early in. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to guess, and feel free to tell me, because mm-hmm. although I do want to see this movie uh, or plan on watching it at some point, um, but are they big feet? Are, are they big, big foots? No, that would be rule, dude. Uh, <laughs> no, it's aliens? nothing that fun. They're not aliens. Uh, are you just going to keep going on are they creature feature types? A, a couple that was previous. Is this like a, uh, a like an urban legend uh, the movie Urban Legend type situation where this couple had unknowingly wronged this couple previously and now they're getting a uh, big revenge on them. Long drawn out revenge. Uh, that's getting way closer, but that's still not okay. really the, the crux of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I is can't, a, I, I don't want to just give away. Is it a, <laughs> is it a stranger situation where there was nothing? They just, they're having a dinner party. and It's much more specific than a stranger situation at least. Well, now I want to know. Yeah, you got to find out. I could just tell hey, you off, Mike. I, I don't want to just spoil the whole I've, movie. I've literally cause... guessed all the possible <laughs> twists, and I didn't you get didn't it. You didn't guess so... Wolfman. You're always guessing Wolfman. Is it a Wolfman? It's not a Wolfman. Damn. <laughs> I wish it was, dude. God, I would have been... told you guys immediately you need to watch it. You and Kool-Aid, I mean. Um, yeah, the movie's fine. It's uh, really predictable. Uh, the lady who stays too long at the party looks... Uh, so insanely like Jennifer Aniston that like it was really distracting in certain scenes. Um, yeah, it's okay. Check that out. Um, I watched, uh, Emily, the criminal pretty new, just out of theaters, Aubrey Plaza movie. Uh, that one's a lot of fun. Uh, she's like down on her luck, uh, like gig economy, normal person, uh, doing like odd jobs, uh, to pay off, student loan debt um quickly becomes involved in a uh uh they call it dummy shopper uh scheme where somebody uh 
steals credit card info, prints out fake credit cards, and then uh, like she's paid money to go use those credit cards to buy something at a store, get out of there, and then they can illegally resell that stuff. Um, and she gets really deep into it. It's a pretty good movie. Aubrey Plaza's good as ever. Um, good movie about like the length someone will go to just to live free with the crushing burden of uh, something as simple as student loan debt, uh, having a shitty job after uh, <laughs> wasting all of your future potential on the money to get a, a college degree. Um, last one, because I think you'll watch The Invitation soonish and we can just talk about that one a little bit uh movie that was completely on my radar that i had no idea was coming out there's not so much as a fucking trailer for this movie nobody talked about it and then it was just in theaters talking about the brand new movie confess fletch the flesh fletch reboot with john ham max did you ever watch the chevy chase fletch movies back in the day i, I know i'm aware of them i've never seen them they're uh they're based on like a series of novels um, about this character Fletch who's an investigative reporter and finds himself in like by investigating in these spiraling situations. Um, This is one where Fletch is accused of a crime. Uh, I won't go too much into the details, but it's like an art heist heiress situation going on. Um, The really hot Italian lady from um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's in it. Uh, is Flesh, Fletch's love interest. I keep wanting to call him Flesh. His name's not <laughs> Flesh. <laughs> it's a very different movie. Flesh um, Confess. Yeah. I, I've i never seen uh, Fletch it's Lives, the, hell, the second a, one. It's the forgotten Hellraiser sequel. <laughs> I got to check that out. Hellraiser, um, Flesh Confess. That's right. Um, I, like, uh, I like the first Fletch with Chevy Chase, though. It's like perfect Chevy Chase just like doing quips and wisecracks and like mumbling uh big gotcha jokes at random people and chevy chase is so perfect at that um john ham not quite as good at that but i was gonna say that um, it sounds like it's possibly was just a uh movie like kind of made for chevy chase or with chevy chase in mind or involved in the process i mean i've I've never read the fletch book so maybe john ham's a better fletch um but to me what Fletch is is Chevy Chase's portrayal of him so uh, I definitely like nitpicked John Hamm but overall this is like a super fun studio comedy that we don't get anymore so I had a really fun time watching it Uh, there's some good jokes Um, there's some sloppy stuff but uh, some good jokes Uh, some really good that guys showing up I'm having fun with all them uh, John Hamm, where he misses out on the quips and stuff, he's like so much more naturally charismatic. So it makes sense when like people want to fuck Fletch, but he's not a good, as good at being a little shit eater uh, like Chevy is. But uh, yeah, I don't know. They could have made a hit, dude. We've got fucking uh, uh, what's his name, Roger Sterling um, from Mad Men. Uh, John Slattery is in the movie as well. So we got we got the Mad Men themselves in this movie together and still nobody knew that this movie was coming out or gave a shit i was like anxiously awaiting the new fletch and i still had no idea it was coming out but uh yeah they did it they made another fletch i liked it i hope they do another one that's nice (laughs) uh speaking of doing another one yeah 
we did two more Val Kilmer movies. Yeah, well, one more Val Kilmer movie. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we did another set of movies because of Val Kilmer. This is, of course, the second and final week in Valentine's Fortnight, our two weeks covering twin films featuring Val Kilmer. Damn straight. Um, we watched uh, 1985, Real Genius, and Weird Science. Both are about teens dabbling in mad science. And uh, Real Genius 1985, directed by Martha Coolidge, starring Val Kilmer, Gabe Jarrett, Michelle Mayrink, and William Atherton. The CIA has secretly commissioned Professor Jerry Hathaway at Pacific Technical University to develop a power source for Crossbow, their spaceship-mounted laser to be used for assassinations. The newest recruit to PTU is high school genius Mitch Taylor, who quickly leads the project. Arriving to school, his roommate is Chris Knight, a brilliant physics whiz who now conceals his intelligence with his goof-off persona. Mitch works very hard, verging on burnout, and is tormented by Jerry's toady, Kent. Chris uh, teaches Mitch to chill out like he did, and Mitch is groomed by a neurodivergent hottie. They prank Kent back, but eventually dig in and develop the laser celebrating briefly before realizing they've created a weapon. Chris and Mitch sneak onto the Air Force base where the laser is to be tested and reprogram it to fire at Jerry's house. The house, now filled with a prism and unpopped popcorn, is flooded with popcorn and explodes. The crew celebrates. The movie has an $8 million budget, made $13 million at the box office, got a letterbox average rating of 3.5, Rotten Tomatoes critic of 76, and user of 83. Fantastic. What a, what a film. I feel like I've watched it already. We also yeah. watched <laughs> what the hell. We also watched Weird Science from 1985, directed by John Hughes, starring Anthony Michael Hall, Elon Mitchell Smith, and Kelly LeBrock. Gary and Wyatt are the nerdy punching bags of their high school. Desperate for some action and to feel cool, uh, Gary is inspired by Frankenstein to create the ideal woman using Wyatt's computer and a Barbie doll. Out comes one serious, bodacious babe with reality-bending abilities. Gary Wyatt and the newly named Lisa go hit some clubs, flaunt each other at the mall, and throw a huge party. All while dodging Wyatt's shithead brother Chet and threatening to shoot Gary's parents and making them forget he's alive. At the party, Gary and Wyatt are too scared to leave the bathroom and take turns taking shits, while their bullies Ian and Max take some passes at Lisa. She shoots them down, but our nerd boys offer to make them their own babe, but forget to hook up a doll so they make a rocket instead. Not like on accident, but as a separate thought. Lisa is determined to get the boys out of their shells and into some girl's pants, so she summons some mutant bikers to attack the hot chicks. Gary and Wyatt step up to bat and save the day and get the girls. Lisa is bummed she didn't get to bone the children who created her, but is happy they get to bone, which is all she really wanted in the end. It has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 56, an audience rating of 69. Nice. Letterbox rating of 3.1, had an estimated budget of 7.5, and made $23 million, uh domestically and $38 million worldwide. I don't know if... <laughs> this, your synopsis of the movie made me like it more than I did, I think, because <laughs> goddamn. And it's like, Kelly LeBrock's doing a good job. Bill Paxton's doing an incredibly good job. Uh, Bill Paxton is like the seriously one of the highlights of this movie. He is yeah. like... Even he's, when he gets turned into a fucked up little guy. Yeah. <laughs> but just like he, his just obnoxiously massive mouth does so much heavy lifting to make him look like a piece of shit. Yeah, I think I like this movie more than I realized. I mean, 
This is a weird one for John Hughes. It feels like it's a super weird movie. It's like weird and unpolished. I guess it came out before. I mean, he's already writing some like huge movies. No, yeah. I mean, he's already directed 16 Candles and Breakfast Club. Um, yeah, I mean, his smash hits have come out. They've come and gone. Yeah. I mean, he keeps Anthony adding Michael I mean, Fer- yeah, Ferris yeah. Bueller's Day Off comes a, a year after this, and then and like, Planes, Trains a year after that. God, he had a fucking run. 84, he He's starts. He's fucking man, dude. 16 Candles, 84. Breakfast Club and Weird Science, 85. Ferris, 86. Planes, Trains, 87. She's having a baby, 88. Uncle Buck, 89. Finally takes a fucking one-year break to make Curly Sue then in 1991. Uh, and that's his whole directorial run. He, he wrote a lot of other big movies like Home Alone and stuff. Yeah, I but, mean, but uh, he, he came and went. He got in, got out, uh, is famously a recluse. There's a whole documentary about uh, the this like group of friends going on this road trip they've already done most of this documentary of like interviewing people that have been in john hughes movies i just watched this recently weirdly enough it was like on it like came on pluto like a morning that i was getting ready for work and i sat there and i watched the whole thing and they interview a bunch of the actors that are in john hughes movies uh other actors and directors who are just like influenced by him and then that's intercut with them going on this like cross-country road trip to drive to california to go to his house to try and get an interview with him because he's never done interviews or anything like that and it all culminates in them getting there not being allowed to come inside uh pissing off the security guards so they they give him they handwrite him like this kind of like apology and explaining everything that's there and give him a copy of the documentary they had made up to that point which is all the interviews and in a hopes that he'll be kind of like moved and see like the reach that he's had and like understand how much people love his movies. And the final scene of the movie is them finally after months receiving a parcel in the mail from John Hughes that he, or at least somebody in his house has handwritten like their address and stuff on it. And inside is their letter and the DVD and no response from John Hughes at all. (laughs) He just sent that shit back to him. (laughs) So like, but like, that's how just kind of sheltered and guarded of a life he leads or did lead. I'm not sure if he died or not. Um, Good. Good for him, man. He don't know nobody. Nothing. No, it's great. Just turned out some hits and fucking pieced out. Yep. Fucking Tom Bombadil style, man. Uh, uh, yeah, this movie's crazy though. Like, I think of him as making like fairly wholesome, like family or teenage movies. And yeah, this, this this one's pretty weird because it's like a classic. We'll be talking at some point about uh, the eighties style um, trying to get laid high school movie. Yeah, just like teen uh, sex comedy. Yeah, the, like before we really had teen sex comedies though. When like mm-hmm. late, super late nineties, early thousands, they got big with the American Pies and various trips and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, back in the day, this yeah, this is a teenage sex comedy at its at its core, starring uh, Michael C. Hall and um, 
the other guy. And ultimately a fairly sexless one, save for uh, the scene of Kelly LeBrock in the shower. Um, it's pretty tame, save for you see some Playboy titties. Yeah. That's about um, it. I mean, let's get ahead of it. I think if we're too kind to this movie, we could rightfully be called out for not uh, bringing up that this movie's fairly misogynistic. Oh, uh, incredibly. And, and, and is uh, just about some some Hades kids truly creating a woman to get laid. Um, yeah. Women, women are pretty objectified, especially her being a doll that turns into a sexy lady. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's cool and takes control of all situations, uh, which I think gets it a little back, but I just want to, just want to lay yeah, that out it, there. Ahead it's of time. not, you know, I guess completely devoid of, any redeeming qualities as a film um no there's fun stuff that happens there, no yeah there's plenty of fun, fun stuff but like i think unpolished is a really good word to describe it there's like the whole like beginning sequence with them uh and we can use this to kind of go into the synopsis here but to go through it but you know it starts with them at uh school kind of like gawking at the uh women's gymnastics team not there's only are they gawking uh, thus spake Zarathustra plays the, the yeah, 2001 A Space Odyssey song slash uh, Rick <laughs> Rick Flair walkout music song like a insanely like epic big song is playing while they're just looking at uh, the female gymnasts like stretching and stuff yeah just sitting there lamenting being huge shit nerds yeah and uh then uh, Robert Downey Jr. pantses them. Who else pantses them? Uh, I don't know who the other guy is. Well, you should. He's coming back to the pod. Oh, is he? Yeah. Robert Roosler. Uh, he plays Max in this movie. Your name. That's my uh, name. He's, uh, he's the friend who gets turned into a vampire in Vamp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, wow, discussed okay. almost a year ago with a friend of the pod, John. Um, he's in Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Mm-hmm. The the weird one. The weird one? <laughs> Not as good as the first and third one, for sure. Uh, I agree. The last time I watched it, I remember liking it more than I remembered. Uh, but for anyone who hasn't seen that one, it's, it, it's a very strange turn from the first one and it deals almost entirely in homoeroticism as its like main themes. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I think I've done it for what you've been watching on the pod at some point. Yeah, yeah, and it's not—it's not, it's not um, weird because of that. I guess I should put like a disclaimer. No, they—they they do it. They do it in a really weird way in that movie. It's like unsettling. <laughs> yeah, it's—it's it's really the, weird. The, the homoerotic I, I guess, undertones of it. I guess the weird thing to do is to have someone discover and explore their homosexual feelings by looking at a horribly disfigured sex predator, right. child sex predator. Correct. Uh, yeah. That's a kind lot of, of the, the later part. movies erase the uh, child uh, molestation and murder aspect of Freddy. That's really only in the first one, but <laughs> later he just becomes, we're not talking about Freddy. <laughs> we could go all day, dude. 
got a lot to say about Freddy. Max is just laughing up phlegm right now. Um, but yeah, those guys uh, are, are the classic uh, cooler guys. Uh, yeah, they're your, they're your typical 1985 high school bullies. Uh, they wear really cool outfits later at the mall. Um, I don't know if you're kidding, but I think that they do. Uh, well, I I don't know if it would... I. I'll talk about that Robert Downey Jr.'s outfit specifically. That's where he's wearing shorts. He's like, yeah, it's, he's like a classic goth, but then wearing shorts also. I wrote down exactly what the outfit is comprised of. And okay, I'll, let's I'll just get, get into that. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so, but no, just to like talk, let's get this whole opening sequence out of the way because it it's pretty, like, I it's the best sequence in the movie, like scene to scene, because it feels really well put together. A lot of the rest of the movie is kind of just like scenes broken up by just straight up fade to black transitions and then the scene's over and we go to the next thing, which that's where it like feels really unpolished to me. Uh, but so they're staring at these just high school gymnastics babes and they get pantsed. They're embarrassed. They go back to Max or uh, go back to Wyatt's house and they're staying there for a sleepover his parents are out of town but uh his shitty big brother chet is going to be watching them played by none other than bill paxton who's uh welcome back to the pod god we love to see immediately god we love to see him he's like young and skinny and he's got his shirt off and we see his butt at one point uh yeah also welcome back to the pod the name wyatt it, yeah, well, we realized from last week. I was mad at Max for not having done his synopsis yet because I glanced at it on our Google Doc and it said Wyatt. And I'm like, Max, this is still from fucking the Wyatt Earp movies. Changes shit, but I was uh, wrong. But yeah, so they're they're at Wyatt's house. They're sitting around. Gary's like, I'm tired of not being able to put my wiener in a lady. So. You know, we're sitting here watching Frankenstein. Why don't we just make a lady? You got a computer. And I will give the film some <laughs> it's credit. It's so funny that they are going to make a lady with the computer. Well, his, his initial idea is what if we basically to create a, a female AI that yeah. they can talk with, without to. Without saying it or even having the concept, really, yeah. they decide to make a female AI that they so can they talk can to. talk to her and like... It'll help them in future social situations, I guess. Which uh, is already how, a huge idea to invent AI. But how, how that ends up with them kind of like creating like a wireframe form where they're arguing how big of tits to give her. Okay. And what, is that before or after they hack into the more internet facility? That is before they hack into the more okay, internet. Okay. Okay. So facility. we're not. So we're not there yet. Sorry. So yeah, I had, to, I had to talk about that. I had to make sure you weren't skipping they're, any. Of they're that. they're making like a wireframe model. Uh, they start to give her really big boobs, and then Gary says, "Anything bigger than a handful, you're risking a sprained tongue." I wrote uh, that down as well. Great. So <laughs> Great line. They they give her smaller <laughs> boobs. Uh, and then like they decide they need more power, so they ha- <laughs> they hack into the internet building or <laughs> something. It's not really clear. You get yeah. some like bad video game type 
like eighties computer like, video game like graphics. worse than hackers where when yeah. they're hacking they go into like a wireframe city it's just like it looks like um that old windows uh screensaver where you're just traveling through a maze oh yeah down some hallways yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it, they could do just a couple like uh, access denied and stuff and then they hack their way out of it yeah they get they get to like a couple like where there's like three doors and they they, for, they the first time they choose the right one the second time they choose the wrong door and there's just like a 3d skull behind it and both of them are like oh no and then they get to go backwards and and at, at this point They've put on, they've put bras on their heads and have hooked uh, like a car battery to the computer and to a Barbie doll that's like sitting on the board game Life, uh, which is a funny visual joke. And uh, they then they start scanning pages of a play, of a bunch of Playboys into the internet or whatever the fuck they're doing. Yeah, they're trying to make a. a- like one of those ransom notes with different cutout letters, but making that into a collage of their perfect woman. Yeah. Uh, hey, shouts out to that. Returning to the pod from the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. He's, he's trying to recreate his girlfriend from uh, a bunch of magazine cutouts. But and me- meanwhile, like an electric storm has kicked up, and a bunch of weird shits happening all over town. And it seems like that is directly related to them harnessing more power like it seems like they create that yeah like red red clouds come in and it's created some madness which is something that they recreate later when they make the rocket they are downloading more internet yeah it's it's definitely the 1985 idea of how you would get more computing power as a child yeah, um, it's it's really good stuff. Anyway, all of this culminates in Kelly LeBrock coming uh, out of no. Well, the so they're so they're literally scanning in pictures uh, that are going to like. At first, you think they're just using these pictures to make like her image, but then they start uh, putting it. They scan in like a literally cut out from a magazine. They're scanning in pictures. One is of Albert Einstein. Yeah, and we yeah. see it like increasing her IQ and they're uh they're scanning in like a person's fingers playing the piano and it shows on their early internet computer that uh <laughs> it, it, like the computer simulation learning to play the piano which like how's that happening from a fucking picture it's so good <laughs> I love this yeah, stuff Yeah I'm not sure but but yeah, as you said, uh, Kelly LeBrock emerges from the pregnant bathroom. Yeah, the bathroom the, door itself swells like, with her body, and she comes out. Of yeah, it. I, yeah, it does, doesn't it? The breathing door <laughs> thing did look cool. It's a fun, yeah, fun special effect. But also, the the two of them get like super sweaty and are like out of breath, and all they've been doing is feeding documents into a scanner, basically. Yeah. They're just like yeah. heavy breathing. Covered. They look like Val Kilmer from Tombstone. <laughs> uh but yeah there's um there's kelly lebrock and uh she's basically like you created me what do you want to do uh so they take a shower and they they stare at her butt turn around they've they've only got their shirts off they're wearing full pants and, and shoes. socks and stuff yeah yeah uh anthony michael hall has converse on which i thought was really funny mm-hmm uh, uh she gets out of the shower explains that they're gonna need to uh lighten up 
general theme of this movie. Yeah. So you've made made a woman completely subservient to you, not even trying to do any free use stuff. You're just uh, (laughs) just, uh, meekly showering near her. Which she then like calls him out for later in the movie. Yeah. Um, So yeah, then she's like, let's go fucking get shit housed. So uh, they all load up in her pink Cadillac and drive to like a blues bar. Uh, they ask her where she got the car, and she says, I can get anything I want, uh, which seems to happen in the movie is that she just materializes things she yeah, desires. She, not only have they made a <laughs> woman. incredibly important. Not only have they made a woman by downloading the internet, they've created a god. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. As they're going to leave for the club, like blue, <laughs> like rotoscoped lightning covers all of their clothes and this is supposed to be like internet technology i guess and it puts them in cooler outfits yeah yeah they yeah they've created a god who can uh create things at will (laughs) A, a, a god who can create things at will and whose entire life goal as dictated to her in the very earliest moments of her new life as an omnipotent goddess on this earth is to Fuck a 15-year-old. Uh, or I mean, just get them to uh, have sex in general, I guess. Yeah. But also to have a fun time. She's, like, definitely trying to have fun also. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, so, a, it's a so wild the, premise for movie. It's insane. So they go to a blues club. Uh, they are immediately stared at in a comical way as soon as they walk in. And then one of my favorite jokes in the movie is when they... Uh, Wyatt and Gary go to the bathroom and uh, Wyatt tries to hide in a uh, bathroom stall and then uh, yeah, you just, just see a, a shot of him <laughs> sitting in somebody's lap but from underneath the stall like just their legs yeah. uh, very funny also the uh, uh, when she gives them the fake IDs and like Wyatt has like a pencil thin mustache like on it and it's also very funny it's like why does that need to be on the ID because, like, you don't have it in real life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's another thing she created is she just hands them IDs that say they're legal to drink because she's just creating things yep. at will. So um, then uh, we basically this, just, like, hard cut to them being, like, drunk yeah, after he and they made friends. They, they sit at a table with all of the cool blues bar guys, um, and one of them insists he drinks do you remember the name of the liquor? It was a really no. funny name for liquor. It was like, it was like rabid raccoon whiskey or something. <laughs> it's not, it's not that, but it's like something weird like that. It's a pretty funny fake name. I'll try and um, passively find it as we go here. But uh, yeah, they a guy just tells him, you're going to drink this. And he's like, oh, uh, okay. And uh, before he takes a sip, he says, I'll see you guys in the emergency room and drinks it hard cut out, cut back in. And he's now doing a Anthony Michael Hall pretending to be drunk, doing an insane black accent. Just it is uh, this horribly racist caricature. Uh, it it is I think what was happening, and like I I don't even know if like the dates are right. It seemed like they were trying to do like an Eddie Murphy bit, but with Anthony <laughs> Michael Hall. Like it's it seemed like it was like a. This is, that, like, let me, let me remind do. everyone, same year as Breakfast Club, Anthony Michael Hall yeah. just uh, doing this character also. And like, 
I would have been like, okay, it's 1985, whatever. Uh, and kind of like let this go if this wasn't like the next 20 minutes of the movie for Anthony Michael Hall. So it's it's like funny enough while they're at the table in the bar and he's just talking about how he's got the blues. He's like, right, you're like, okay, yeah, this, this girl is. kicked me in the testicles. And then everybody's like, oh, no, man. And they all really like him. Like the whole table's like having fun with him and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. But yeah, then they leave the club and then he's just doing it he's still doing it in the car, on the car ride home. And home. that's like, that's at that point, I'm like, oh, this is. This is way then, outstated. Welcome, and then he's still doing it when they get back to Wyatt's house and have Confirm another like Chet, interaction yeah. with Chet. It's insane that it goes on for three scenes. Yeah, I um I didn't write any of his quotes down because I didn't want to feel pressure to uh, recreate the quotes in the voice he's using later on. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's I mean, what happened? Do we need to dig into any of those scenes? Uh, I mean, until the Bill Paxton scene. No, and and this is basically like we're back home. Bill Paxton's here. It's kind of our first interaction with him. This is kind of where the movie, I think, it's basically after Kelly LeBrock shows up and they shower with her that the movie just kind of becomes very disjointed, which is kind of like scene after scene after scene, just to kind almost of get like, us to almost the like party. episodic of just the things that they're doing. Yeah, and I, I wonder if just like after doing Breakfast Club, if he was just like. Maybe like gotta go out or something. Like I, I don't, don't know. know, but it seems like they had the beginning and they had the party sequence at least partially, and then they were like, "Well, how do we get to this party?" Yeah, because um, nothing well, that happens to the in between party. there is really that important at all. Yeah, I mean, let's run through a couple of things. So this first conversation with Paxton is great. Uh, this is our first time seeing him. Uh, we've heard he's the shitty older brother Chet, uh, who's like two critical and like beats up his little brother Wyatt and stuff um his hair in this movie is fucking insane it looks like he has like a slicked back like greaser like maybe his like near dark hair but then just the middle of it got buzzed like just over his like top of his head it's fucking insane looking in most of the movie he's wearing his underwear uh uh movie's crazy he's chomping on a cigar uh he's got just so many lines just making fun of them uh the one i wrote down from this scene was you two donkey dicks couldn't get laid in a morgue yeah very very good uh, <laughs> he just keeps doing stuff like that eventually they uh they get him to go to bed uh He's going to have to pay. They're going to have to pay him in the morning to not say anything to mom and dad, but that's a problem for later. Um, Wyatt's like still up after he gets, uh, what's Anthony Michael Hall's character's name? Not Wyatt. Gary. Uh, He gets drunk Gary to bed and Wyatt's uh, staying up. Uh, He goes to look for Lisa. She comes outside and kisses him. And I said, why? What? What the fuck is going on? Uh, but she's just like there to serve and well we we cut to the next morning um find out he was too like scared and sleepy or whatever to fuck her uh it was wild that she wanted to fuck him but uh that's how this movie's going gary's 15 by the way or why it's 15 gary's 16 yeah um it's the morning he's like trying to figure out what's going on they think it's all a dream but then we find out that wyatt is wearing her underwear uh he is still wearing it when he goes down and confronts uh, Bill Paxton. Uh, 
<laughs> a really funny line where Bill Paxton's like yelling about how he can't wear women's underwear. Uh, he says, uh, he says to him next, he's going to be wearing a bra on his head. Uh, since he has done that already, why it looks directly into yeah, the camera and smiles, setting stuff up for uh, Ferris Bueller himself. Uh, this is where we see Paxton's ass. That's good. Um, they go to the mall with Lisa. Uh, there's <laughs> a funny scene where the Robert Downey Jr. and uh, uh, fucking Robert Ressler are um, above them and like want to torment them more. The, them more there with their girlfriends they dump an icy on their heads uh from like a story above uh the icy falls on their heads and literally everyone in the mall laughs at them just an insane way to go about it uh lisa's shopping for panties talking to an old lady asking if she thinks they would turn on a 15 year old um that's fun stuff yeah it, it's uh, so this is where i can mention robert downey jr's outfit oh yeah um, yeah we're in that scene sorry uh, Max, the other character, Robert, uh, Russell's character, he, he's wearing like kind of just like normal clothes. Um, normal Robert, like eighties, like kind of tough guy, but just like cool guy at school. Yeah. Clothes. It, but yeah. Robert Downey Jr. It's like a normal outfit that if somebody was wearing it today, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of dated, but not insane. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. has his hair kind of like spiked up. He is wearing a sport coat. Uh, unbuttoned with the collar popped, a white button-up shirt, uh, presumably long sleeve, uh, also a collar at least disheveled. Uh, that's tucked into a pair of khaki shorts that has two belts. He is wearing what look like gray wool knee-high socks and uh, kind of like combat boots. Yeah, I thought he looked pimp as hell. <laughs> it is an insane outfit. He insane. he does he does look like if you let a goth baby dress itself for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's pretty That's funny. Exactly what it looks but like. it is wild because he's like trying to look like like eighties like industrial kind of industrial gothy kind of, but then also like prep schooly. At the same time, it's a really weird look, but he's got swag, so I'll forgive him. Um, let's see. They leave the mall. Oh, uh, Lisa, they like see Lisa on the escalator and chase her down because they're super horny for her. Um, she explains she's with uh, these two nerds. Um, uh, fucking God damn it. I keep forgetting... Michael C. Hall's character's name, Gary. Goddamn, fuck. I gotta write the names down in my notes. I do so bad because I just look at my notes. Just go off vibes for everything else. Um, Gary goes home. Um, I, so there's this crazy screaming match where his parents found out that he's jacked off before. But yeah, so what th sets that off? Well, he goes home with Lisa Oh yeah, Lisa's not, there too. there's no reason for it, I don't think, because they they just kind of like drive off from the mall with like in a Porsche or some shit, and now we're at Gary's house with Lisa, and Lisa's being Lisa and like implying that 
she's gonna like blow their 16 year old son even though she looks like she's 32 um and the parents uh conceivably pretty upset about it and uh they're like yeah we're gonna go uh over to um wyatt's to watch some movies even though gary was already supposed to be staying the weekend there so that doesn't make any sense they say they're gonna have a party well he needs to blow yeah. off steam and gary's trying to be like well it's a movie party and lisa's just like no nah, it's a teenage sex orgy party we're <laughs> we're all gonna uh fucking suck on each other and we're gonna <laughs> twist our little nipples and not even what happens at the party <laughs> uh <laughs> um and all of this stuff and Gary's freaking out and uh you know, her par- his parents are like, Well, you can't you can't take our sixteen year old son to a fucking and sucking party. That's not okay. And Lisa's like, What do you want? What do you want? You want him to just fucking pull his pud in the bathroom alone to magazines for the rest of his life? And then now they're talking about jerking off and Yeah, now they're freaking out and he's just screaming at the top of his lungs multiple times. I haven't tossed off. I yeah. haven't tossed off. Now and his Lisa mom's and like screaming like, bloody murder. She's like, You took up the bathroom for so long. I yeah. thought you were combing your hair. He's uh, like, Mom, I was. I wasn't tossing off. He keeps saying tossing off. It's really funny. Uh Lisa and Gary's dad are just like face to face now like yelling at each other and it's at this point that lisa pulls a gun yeah she just produces a gun yet another thing she creates just threatening to kill gary's parents it's weird Uh, she produces the gun but then also she's erased their memories well a minute later yeah so ostensibly at this point why didn't she just erase the memories then uh, yeah at, at this point lisa has essentially just kidnapped a 16 year old at gunpoint uh, mm-hmm. And Gary's still, uh, you know, understandably freaking out. And uh, Lisa's like, don't worry, they won't remember a thing. And when we, we go back to Gary's parents and uh, she has erased uh, the, any memory of the incident and as well any memory of Gary from his father. Uh, so yeah. the rest of the his movie... Father, we, father just can't... Uh, she, the mom's like showing him a picture. She's like, this is our Gary. And like, this is I don't our know son. Who that is, dude. And yeah, for the rest of the movie, it's we get some just like cutbacks to uh, Gary's parents uh, with his mom trying to remind his dad who Gary is. And they even drive past them later on. She was like, that was Gary. And he's like, like I, I don't Gary? know who you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know a Gary. Uh... So now the rest of the back. movies at the party at this yeah, point. Yeah, uh, it's fun. They're they're all just standing around. The three of them are standing around waiting for the party. Um, there's a knock on the door, and just 100 kids at least are standing outside, filling like the whole yard and the street and everything. It's a pretty funny image. Um, they all immediately start chanting party, 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 party. Hilarious, uh, stupid little kid thing to do. Um, yeah, they're just having a crazy party. Uh, the boys are too nervous to even do anything at their own party. Everybody thinks Lisa's cool and hot. Um, but the boys are just sitting in the bathroom. Eventually the two hot girls who are the, uh, the girlfriends of the, like cool guys, uh, but they're annoyed by their shitty behavior and I think jealous of uh, how cool and hot Lisa is. Uh, they come into the bathroom. Uh, instead of giving them the room, our boys just stand in the shower for a while. 
uh, talk themselves into finally talking to them, but then they're replaced by uh, some ugly bitches uh, who are now in the bathroom. There's some fun jokes about pooping and who didn't didn't poop. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. Um, the cool guys corner them. Uh, they, they'd had a sit down with Lisa and asked if like they could like get in on that action. She's like, no, I belong to Wyatt and Gary. He's uh, like, okay, what do you mean you belong? She's like, yeah, they yeah. made me. It's fine. Uh, so then they have a sit down. They're like, hey, just let us have her, and then you can have our girlfriends. It's insane. This is what I'm talking about about this uh, movie being uh, pretty misogynistic, even though it's uh, all played for laughs. Um, they insane. they're like, well, you you can't have Lisa, but uh, we'll make you a new girl. Uh, so they go up, they all have bras on, all four of them have bras on their heads. Yeah, they're, pretty fun. They're having fun. Um, they're all getting into it. Uh, when they're doing the same boob slider that they did for their wireframe, uh, the jocks, I don't know if they're really jocks. I keep wanting to call them jocks just because they're the cool guys and it's an 80s movie. Um, but they insist that the boob slider be taken to its max limits. Yeah, they're maximum not, boob. They're not worried about a, a sprained tongue. Um, but they fuck it up. Uh a bunch of crazy stuff happens, like furniture and stuff is getting sucked out of the chimney yeah. and shot into the yard. There's a, a like a sexy lady. I'm not sure what she's doing, but she gets sucked up the chimney and shot out into like a lake outside. Uh, one of the rooms turns blue. It looks kind of cool when the room, the whole kitchen is blue, uh, but that has something to do with the weird science they're doing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, they forgot to um, hook the doll up like they did, and so the doll uh, didn't manifest into a real person. Instead, uh, their charges were just sitting on a Time magazine with a nuclear missile on the cover. Uh, so that's what happens. Their their house yep. is just filled up with a nuclear m- warhead. Uh, wild. <laughs> um, what? what what happens next is that she just kind of disciplines them, but it's okay. And then yeah, she's they like, still won't she, talk to anybody. When she comes upstairs, she's like upset with them for like not hooking up the doll where it's like, she's like disappointed that they would try to make another lady, but more disappointed that they fucked it up. It's yeah, like really a really weird. weird vibe that she comes into the room with. Uh, and then it's just like a cut to black and the missile starts coming up. So it seemed, it definitely seems like it's like they did it again to like prove to Max and Ian that they can make stuff out of nowhere. Not like it was a byproduct of what they did. It's very bizarre. Um, and then, yeah, the party's still going on. Uh, and this is they're when she's still like, nervous. I'm going to, yeah, they're still not doing anything. So she's like, I'm going to make them have to do stuff i'm gonna give them some quick confidence she says yeah so, so like she, snaps her fingers and evil biker gang shows yeah up. mutant bikers they're literally like called mutant biker in in the thing one of them is literally uh fucking what's his name from the hills have eyes yeah the, the guy Berryman. with no sweat glands yeah uh, <laughs> but they're they're all just like general <laughs> uh like 80s scary punk biker uh pastiche yeah um got and they they kind uh, of run uh, around the part well like i did i took one note here where it's like what so one of them's michael berryman he just looks like michael berryman yeah right? because like it's he's already been in the hills have eyes at this point he's, it's just michael berryman 
But they're like, we got to get another guy and we got to make him look fucked up. So they literally give him like half a metal face, which is like yeah. insane <laughs> just for Michael Berryman. Like, good for you, like getting a career out of this. Like, I love the guy. But just like, well, we, we've got you. Let's put you in like a half metal face. And then uh, for you, uh, we'll just don't wear a hat. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we can see, see your, your crazy pinhead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they just kind of like run around the party. Um just on motorcycles and then the boys are hiding in a closet from yeah. all of this uh really stupid scene where she keeps opening the closet door to yell at them and they keep saying no and closing it they do it like 10 times um but then the metal face guy uh rips them out through the wall it's so weird how i was trying to think just how that house was built that the room that they're all in you can access the closet wall and pull them out yeah, whatever. Right. that doesn't matter at all um so they're forced to uh get involved the the bikers grab like lock up the uh um the two girls that they're interested in now the two like pretty uh cool girls um so finally they have to do something uh <laughs> gary decides to uh <laughs> just walk up to the lady punk and call her a fucking bitch <laughs> like tell her to yeah. shut up and then call the rest of them all the f slur and then just yell at them and like he produces a gun uh, and points it at them we found out that the gun that lisa produced earlier was actually just a water gun she shoots him in the face with it even though it's an accurate revolver um so he thinks he's got this water gun and he's like telling them to get the fuck out of there so they they do that. All the punks leave. They're all like, yeah, sorry about this. Uh, we're really sorry we acted this way. Uh, Hills Have Eyes is like, hey, maybe don't tell anybody about this. I don't want to lose my teaching job. Yeah. Because they're like driving their motorcycles back outside. Uh, he's like, yeah, it's just a water gun. Shoots it. And it's obviously a real gun. Fires a bullet in his house. Um, at this point, the girls like them. Mm-hmm. now for saving them uh it's i was pretty relieved at this moment that uh they're getting girls their age instead of fucking lisa um yeah then they like just sleep in their beds with the girls i don't think it's implied that they fuck each other yet um yeah but uh morning comes the house is completely wrecked the missile is still in it uh chet shows back up from i guess a hunting trip he has exactly one dead one duck, duck that he's hunted a single duck that's it <laughs> very very funny um he like gets in uh the boys faces he's like poking them in the face with a shotgun uh yeah i thought that, really, that like, was pretty great and explain like, themselves he just keeps hitting anthony michael hall in the head with a shotgun yeah <laughs> and starts hitting yeah. deb in the head with the shotgun <laughs> Yeah, just just poking them in the face with the barrel. Uh, pretty funny. Uh, Paxson's just crushing it. His big weird mouth and weird teeth just yep. doing doing a lot here. Uh, we love him. Don't I don't want that to sound like I don't absolutely love the guy. I I do. He just looks strange. Um, <coughs> let's see. Uh, she shows up and like says lisa shows up is like yeah chet fucking i'll handle this whatever tells them to drive the girls home one takes a lamborghini the other takes the ferrari that she's created out of nowhere um they uh 
I think Wyatt gets home first with his girl and as he's saying goodbye he as she's walking to her door he screams I love you and she walks away it's a really fucking weird moment it's like you knew this girl since yesterday you shouldn't be in love yet you fucking little weirdo um Gary's uh uh the cops chase him for speeding he doesn't even know how to drive he doesn't even have his learner's permit I think we established earlier um they go on a high speed t- chase, including, as you mentioned, in front of his dad, who doesn't remember him. Uh, it manages to pull a maneuver and sneak over the train tracks right before a train. So the cops uh, get stuck behind the train. One of my favorite jokes in the entire movie, the cop gets out of his car and like throws his hat down because he can't get around the train. He just, just yells, this happens every time. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Like, how could that happen more than once? Um. Oh, that's when I wrote down the note that he kissed the girl and touched her butt and says he loves her WTF. Um, yeah, I don't know. They got girls they love now. It's weird. I guess the girls love them back. Uh, we we get home and Lisa has turned Chet into what I can only describe as a troll. Like, uh, like the body of a giant toad, but then like the face of a evil devil i don't know he's, he's clearly like a fucked up little guy goblin I, yeah like... i don't know what it's supposed to look like but uh he's just stuck in this pose uh really shitty uh like practical effect to do this but uh he's just mad about being in there it has to like apologize to lisa and apologizes to the boys and like how he's gonna be cooler uh really weird uh Wyatt like has to calmly tell her that uh, Chet's an asshole, but you can't leave him like this. She just really nonchalantly says he'll be fine in a half hour. It's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? This, this part just truly goes off the rails. Um, they admit to her that uh, they found girlfriends. Uh, she's uh, upset that she doesn't get to fuck these little boys, but is ultimately ultimately relieved because finding love is all she ever wanted for them. Yeah, and also maybe uh, just, like, she doesn't have to fuck these little boys. <laughs> um, but, uh... I have... I, I think maybe the reality of having... The, the possibility of having to to fuck her father's children were, like, becoming uh, a little daunting. The movie does not... I mean, that, that's a decent reading, but uh, the movie <laughs> does not appear to share that same idea. No, it John Hughes like wanted, wanted Kelly LeBrock to, fuck to these have kids. sex with children. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't get the chance, unfortunately. Um, she decides uh, she can die now or whatever, so it's time for her to leave, <laughs> having only existed for like two days. So she just, what is she? Just goes back to the bathroom. That yeah, she no, I mean, in. This, this new god of flesh and technology has just decided that her time on this earth has come to a close and uh, just kind of disappears. Yeah, with. With her also disappears slowly the missile, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it kind of just like all all of the mess in the house, like everything that got sucked out earlier is getting sucked back in. In it looks okay, but it's like just clearly reversed footage. Yeah, uh, just like so clearly method, reversed, it makes yeah. everything go away. Um, but we get a classic right before the parents walk in the door. Um, Everything is finally fine, including all the furniture moving back into place. And uh, 
yeah, they're happy to see the dad had some idea that they were going to have a party. No, we're little stupid little fuckers. We're, yeah. we're not bad boys. Uh, and we everything's, just watched uh, Frankenstein. everything's good. That's it. All we did was yeah. watch Frankenstein. Uh, movie's over, or is it? So all the, all the kids, all these sweaty little fuckers in their high school gym class, and all of a sudden, all their eyes turn at once to the, the hallway where the new, I guess, maybe gym teacher is emerging from, and it's none other than sexy-ass Kelly LeBrock Here herself. She is. You know, Lisa you know, is, s- still exists somehow to be the high school gym teacher, presumably able to fuck more little boys. I was going to say, which, I mean, you know, despite my previous reading, I think this... I didn't want to give it away, but like this is this disproves that and that she's put herself in a situation where all she could do. I mean, she's just presented with an endless supply of horny, you know, 14 to 18 year old boys to just like tuck on their little wieners. So, I mean, she's a disgusting pervert, but what are we to do to stop her? She's got unlimited power. Um Mm -hmm. She could turn me into a snot goblin at any moment, you know. Mm-hmm. No, no man of flesh or Christian God can do anything to harm her. Uh, and she is a benevolent God. She, I mean, wants the best for these boys. And, yeah, she just uh, wants to get their nuts off. Mm-hmm. She's she's kind to any who don't wrong her her small creators. I can't imagine I uh, that John Hughes in the two days that he took to write this movie. Um, that's a that's lot an actual of, lot of that's cocaine. an actual fact. It took him two days yeah. to write this. Uh, a lot of fucking cocaine in those two days. <laughs> I'm guessing no sleep. Yeah, it, he was just like, I got. It. I I think he just had the idea. He's like, ah, what if uh, what if two uh, horny kids made a made a lady Frankenstein style on a computer? Yeah. And then uh, had, had you ever seen this movie this. before? Yeah, yeah, I've seen both these movies. I, I I'd never seen this movie. I'd seen Real Genius. Um, this reminds me. A lot of uh, mannequin, which I had seen before. Uh, Weird that you see mannequin, but not this. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen mannequin like four times, probably when I was a kid. I think my mom liked mannequin or something. I don't right. know. Um, yeah, I'm not when did mannequin come mom. out? Can, can we? Oh, my mom has insane taste in movies, dude. Uh, let's see. I, I get, I'm sorry for dead air. I got a 1987. Oh, we could redo mannequin and weird we could do, redo weird science with mannequin. Uh, and maybe we will. Who knows? Mannequin month. Yeah. Can we fill out a mannequin month? Ma- mannequin March? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. March. Akin. Anyway, this movie's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, there's, there's plenty of eighties, uh, the wrong ideas about uh uh gender politics and whatnot yeah uh, going on yeah. here um not quite as bad as plenty of other I, uh, movies I that think, i used to love from this time but uh i, I think it's pretty uh, yeah, safe it's a fun say. fun little goofy movie yeah it's it, taken in the context of like the the time it came out and uh all that it's pretty like on par with other sort of just like teen comedies of the era. Um, there's nothing too like atrociously, you know, disgusting, I guess, again, like within the context of the time period. Um, but it's definitely John Hughes's worst movie. Uh, I've never, I've never seen Curly Sue. I don't know. I don't know if Curly Sue is good. 
Never seen Curly uh, Sue. But Maybe that th- one's This is. I, I don't really like Breakfast Club either, oh, really? even though I understand that's like probably a better movie and definitely more beloved. Um, it's, it's better than this. But 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 this is no like Ferris Bueller. This is no. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I love planes, trains. I like Uncle Buck a lot, but I love planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, well, okay, yeah, I don't know. Curly Sue has Jim Belushi, and he's billed as James Belushi on the cover, so that's not a good sign um, yeah. at all. I feel like I've seen Curly Sue actually. Now that I'm looking at its IMDb page, we we like Turner and Hooch more than Canine, right? Yeah. I have to imagine we did. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Steve Carell is in Curly Sue, at least in a small part. So that's fun. Huh. Edie McClurg's there. There's young some people. Ass. Young ass uh, Steve Carell, I guess. Not really. It wasn't yeah. really popping back then, I don't think. Maybe I'll check out Curly Sue and report back on it. I don't know. Probably yeah, won't. But, uh, it's a PG, science, uh, PG John Hughes movie. So If he can get over... Uh, some bad eighties ideas. Uh yeah, fun yeah. movie. If if only for just uh super easy, fun little watch. Kelly O'Brock does a great job. Bill Paxton steals every scene he's in. Yeah. Uh, like he like he usually does. I, I mean it's definitely a classic in its own right. Uh like the whole the whole thing, like the 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 Oingo Boingo theme song had its own like little thing. Like it's it's a pretty integral part of like American pop culture. Uh yeah. I, I can't itself. believe, I mean, it's cool they had the original song, which mostly the song just goes, weird science, science. Yep. And just like synths going on. But it is insane to me that the song She Blinded Me With Science is not in this movie. Yeah, um, that would be. Well, I mean, I guess it's because Kelly LeBrock doesn't really do much science uh, in it, even though she's like using her technological powers as a computer goddess to um, turn people into just like, balls of ooze and pus i mean um, i assumed the weird science is the science of them creating her but i don't know making turning bill paxton into a little fart goblin is definitely a that is some weird science. is is pretty weird science but we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with real genius All right, we're back. We're talking Real Genius, starring Val Kilmer for Valentine's Fortnite. Two Valentine's weeks Fortnite, of Valentine dude. Val movies. That's it. From Val- These are Valentine's Day movies. Yeah. Watch them with your lovers. <laughs> this is this is maybe the worst theme we've ever come up with. <laughs> I like it. I take, I take full respect. I, I do too. The, I, fact I, we, uh, the fact we decided while recording last week is insane i mean i i quote tweeted our our tweet from the official account saying you know if if we are end up being a podcast that just has like ill-conceived theme periods like i'm i'm very okay with it and i i feel like my quote tweet seemed like snarky but a hundred percent like if if all we do is like string together shitty theme ideas with horrible hashtags uh i'm i'm there for it yeah. Uh, uh, hashtag Valentine's Fortnite or hashtag 
Oh shit! I should have thought of a good hashtag for if you don't like it ahead of time. Uh-huh. Uh, hashtag bad in times. Uh, fuck. Yeah, I'm bailing. I'm yeah. bailing. This is no good. Hashtag <laughs> yeah, let's talk about hashtag the movie. bad in times. <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. Oh god, <laughs> why would I try to do that live? <laughs> uh, so anyway, real genius. Uh, movie starts out with a shitty like sci-fi uh, '80s. Uh, computer-generated stuff looks really bad, uh, of a spaceship mission uh, using a laser uh, from space to shoot one specific guy on Earth. Uh, we pan out, and it's uh, uh, like a secret war room, a bunch of guys discussing um, this technology they want to come out with in a couple of months. Uh, this is like CIA top brass uh, wanting to use this as a peacetime weapon uh, to do targeted uh, political killings. Um, very ill-conceived idea. It's enough to make one guy uh, walk off of the project. Um, Which they immediately but, imply uh, they're going to use this laser to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows too much. Um, this is... Uh, this idea is uh, put on the head of uh, Professor Jerry, played by William Atherton. Um, uh, that guy in his own right, he's appeared in a lot of movies, and this is his second time on the pod. Max, you remember what he's been on for before? Uh, he's in. I'll, just, no. I'll tell you, it is the worst movie we've watched. Oh, is it? Yeah, uh, in my opinion. The Girl Next Door. The, oh, um, okay. The, the even worse of the two about just, like, torturing and killing uh, a young girl. Yeah. Um, uh, he played the adult version of the main child character, uh, looking back. Uh, I don't know what's happened, but he's been in, like, Die Hards and Ghostbusters and it's stuff. It's wild he's, how many he's, people... He's a really recognizable guy. It's wild how many people come back around for these movies and it's like yeah that one that one took me by surprise honestly yeah (laughs) um i got really excited at first because i thought he was a guy that plays clamp in gremlins 2 but unfortunately it wasn't him but william atherton welcome to the two timers club buddy and one of the weirdest uh double features i've seen (coughs) um but uh yeah he's the professor he's got his uh uh elite team of uh eggheads uh working on this laser technology in secret uh he knows they're he's he's got like a cia guy he's going through who needs like his top brass is forcing him to get this project done with uh he's outsourced it to jerry and these kids um we see him uh at a high school science fair um recruiting uh this kid our kind of mean whiz kid of the movie mitch taylor um, he's going to go to this uh, this prestigious tech school, and that sure is what happens. They uh, they ship him out. Um, he's going to be working on a team with uh, one of the best minds ever, Chris Knight, played by none other than Val Kilmer himself. Uh, who, if you've seen the the poster for this uh, movie, you can see he's wearing uh, those like springy alien headband things, mm-hmm. and it. And like an open Hawaiian shirt with a shirt under it that says, I heart toxic waste. And despite having an insanely high IQ, just brilliant physics whiz, uh, he just like looks like a lackadaisical, handsome, uh, kind of surfery 
just goof off type guy. Um, yeah, but uh, these are kind of our our lead guys, and it turns out they're dorming together. Yep. Um, Chris explains he used to be like a weird little uh, fuddy-duddy like Mitch when he first came to the school as well um, and decided they needed to room together so he could like remind himself what he used to be like or something. Um, yeah, but they're, uh, they're an unlikely pairing. Um, there's the, the two of them and then, uh, they kind of have a mysterious third roommate, uh, Laszlo. Uh, he's a guy that we only see entering the room, holding fast food and then immediately disappearing into the closet. Uh, I thought this was just going to be a returning gag. I, I forgot a lot about this. Maybe I haven't watched it since I was a kid. I don't think. Uh, but I thought it was kind of like a half-baked, the guy on the couch type gag where there's just another guy around and yeah. it doesn't really matter, but he ends up becoming pretty important. Um, yeah, this is when we get uh, the CIA handler like coaxing Jerry into getting the uh, laser out faster. Um, we can tell he's a bad guy because he's mean to a dog. He does a reverse save the cat pretty early on in this movie. Um and uh, he's constructing this new house. Um, the The CIA guy is insisting uh, if you don't pre- produce results on time, uh, they're going to start uh, looking into where all of this money has been going. And then we just kind of all the characters look together over at this new house being built. And uh, he reminds him that uh, uh, fraud is a felony. So Jerry's like, all right, I got to be a fucking piece of shit to these kids and not help them at all to develop this laser beam, make them pick up my laundry and stuff too, instead of letting them focus on making the laser beam. Um, yeah, Mitch is kind of like learning the team. He goes to where they're working on the laser. There's that kind of asshole number two, uh, Kent, who, uh, he keeps uh, just a big, trying to a big imply up. he's in charge. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. He's got adult braces. Uh, he just looks like a little fucking crony piece of shit. Um, he uh, he insists that uh, when uh, Jerry's not around, it 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 goes God, Jerry, him, and he tells everybody what to do. Uh, Jerry shows up immediately, tells him to stop calling him by his first name. And then uh, says Mitch is in charge of the whole program uh, and and tells Kent to go pick up his laundry. Um, It's kind of the first thing that happens. So Mitch is just like studying. He's working really hard. He's this crazy little 15-year-old whiz kid in college, like uh, checking up all the info on this laser. Uh, The first thing, the kind of crazy thing that happens, I think, is when uh, the dorm hallways are all filled with ice. Yeah, that was when when I was watching it as a kid, like seeing it on like Comedy Central or something. That was always like the coolest thing to me. I was just like, "Damn, I want to ice skate inside." Like ice rinks aren't a thing, but like in a hallway, make get let me yeah. ice skate in a cool place, not a fucking yeah. ice rink. That's a normal place to do it. One of the like tertiary characters uh, who uh, Chris calls Ick. Um, he's an Asian young man who uh, I think we find out later is. His last name is Ikari or something like that. Uh, so he just calls him Ick. Uh, he he found he did some sort of crazy technology that creates this ice. So uh, they're sledding and they're skating. Uh, as it's going to melt, they're like, yeah, don't worry about the mess. This is going to turn directly back into from solid to gas. 
and uh and they joke about how it might explode uh at some point uh i think i think it's also ick gives uh mitch uh, he says randomly do you want a cherry i grow them myself and then hands him an apple-sized cherry uh these kids early on in gmos yeah dude your kid's a millionaire now he's the (laughs) head of monsanto yeah he is um uh, John Grease is the the name of the actor. Another big recognizable guy. He's the guy who plays Laszlo, who keeps a very young version of him. But uh, uh, we keep seeing him every time he disappears into the closet. Mitch like fakes and pretends he's asleep, and then tries to follow him into the closet. Can't figure it out. Um, at some point, I wrote down a note that um, uh, uh, Chris is wearing a cool T-shirt that says "Surf Nicaragua." Uh, like that one song, yeah. uh, one the, the Sacred Reich song. Yeah, dude. Uh, they they you put me on to. Uh, song rules. That band yeah, rules. That song's, yeah, that song's really Although good. they're a tough band to get I, into at first because you're like, is this a fucking Nazi band? Yeah, you, you got to look up, and it, I I've confirmed that they are not a Nazi they're band. Not. It's like an ironic yeah. metal thing of naming yourself. Something yeah, they're like, like a that. thrash punk band. They're they're on yeah. the right side of history on a bunch of stuff. I, I triple checked that when I wrote down this note to make sure they're good and all I, I, I put I searched like is Sacred Reich racist and uh, the only thing I could find was a Facebook post from Sacred Reich uh, disavowing uh, racist Donald Trump and the January 6th uh, everybody yeah, dude, that band just rules. calling them all stupid and stuff I'm like oh cool they're on the right <laughs> side of stuff this is even in even in old age these guys are still uh yeah they're uh, not cool like the guy from ice earth who was at the january 6th riots <laughs> <laughs> yeah um let's see uh consistently chris is trying to get mitch done wine mitch is trying to work really hard uh as i mentioned like uh burning out his young little brain um yeah, we get a couple montages throughout the movie i think this is about yeah. when we get like the first one and it's just like them working look at look at them working being friends and working and doing well, fun chris stuff and working chris isn't doing much help at the beginning and that's really stressing out mitch because uh every time he gets pressure he's only got to work harder um oh, i should mention he's uh there's the older girl who doesn't sleep um who he kind of develops a, a kind of romance towards uh her name is jordan um she's like super quirky uh really awkwardly points out specifically that she's 19 years old we know he's 15 but we got a love story here uh she's she's somehow more robotic than uh the uh, created woman in the other movie yeah. and their age gap isn't as fierce. So whatever, man, I got to give it to him. I don't know. He kind of pursues her. Um, oh yeah. I th- oh yeah. I wrote this note down slightly later. I said the spaz smart girl with the Agnes Varda haircut, like will from stranger thing uh, specifically says she's 19 and Mitch is 15. So I hope they're not starting a romance, uh, but they sh- they sure are. Um, the first time, uh, he gives, uh, Chris shit and kind of gets him to actually go help out in the lab. It's all a ruse. Uh, uh, Chris shows him his like lights that he just puts this refracting ray in and it goes all across school campus. Everybody's kind of following it out. And, uh, 
it just leads all the way across campus to effectively just be a sign on a building advertising the party he's throwing. Yeah. Uh, so everybody's having a fun party. Jordan shows up with uh, some sort of uh, scuba gear she's created that like you don't release bubbles or something. I don't really remember. There's a bunch of fake science stuff that happens in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um. The, the CIA guy is just like constantly showing up to bug Jerry. Uh, we get another scene of him just like showing up to bug Jerry while Jerry's shooting like a local access TV show or something. Uh, Kent shows up and uh, uh, tells him about the party they're having instead of working in the lab. So Jerry runs down there and uh, berates Mitch. Uh, this is when he really starts to kind of break down. Um, he calls his mom saying he wants to go home. Uh, Kent taps his phone, records that message, and then plays it at the cafeteria for everyone to hear. Um, this is this is when Chris and Mitch kind of start to get close in a, a unified hatred of uh, Mitch of, of Kent. Yeah, Sorry. gotta have a gotta have a bad guy to go against, and and for some reason, and for majority of this movie, I guess it's just because it's like unbeknownst to them that their professor is creating a weapon of somewhat mass destruction but uh the bad guy of the movie is just the bully yes and not the war criminals correct well they stopped them later too. yeah it's okay um but with less egg on their faces i guess um yeah this cafeteria scene's great because we get mitch uh fully doing a kubrick stare at kent uh so you, you know some sort of revenge will have to come at some point um when he sees out upset uh mitch has become chris decides to help him out and they're gonna work in the lab and stuff together too so they're like doing good advancing the uh invention but then they're pulling pranks as well yeah because uh, chris also gets is threatened by uh professor hathaway to be flunked out of school and uh so he's yeah, he's, he's got to try now he, he's gonna rig it so that uh he'll never graduate uh if he doesn't complete this uh uh, project it doesn't matter like his test scores and stuff he'll make sure he flunks all that stuff um so he reluctantly decides uh he'll have to become a good student um starts trying a little bit um uh they go to do a prank on kent where um they like wait until he leaves and go to his car uh and what they do i guess is rebuild it and then reassemble it in his dorm room uh, which is pretty funny, but uh, there's a funny All-time line as they're walking up to the. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. But uh, uh, the the reverse of that. Uh, uh, what we do in the shadows episode where they uh, disassemble Laszlo's jalopy uh, to get it out. In the end of the episode, you find out there were, there was a garage door that they just didn't see the whole time. Very good. Um, but uh, there's a funny line when they uh, go up to uh, Kent's car. Um, Chris says, Kent puts his name on his license plate, like very mockingly. Mitch says, my mother does the same with my underwear. And Chris says, your mother puts license plates in your underwear? How do you sit? <laughs> very very, Actually, very good stuff. I love that joke. I forgot to bring it up, but I, I it's, I think one of the best lines in the movie, because Val Kilmer through the whole thing is great. Like he's a just phenomenal actor, period, but he's a fantastic So charismatic. I fucking love him, dude. Oh my God. Top Secret, he's fucking hilarious. Top Secret is his first movie. Yeah. And he fucking crushes it, dude. He's so good. And um, 
when when they're introducing Chris to uh, some of the other like people very early on when like you first meet him and he's he's making a bunch of kind of off color sexual innuendo jokes. Uh, the like recruiter guy is like, "You are Chris Knight, right?" And Val Kilmer's Chris's response is, "I sure hope so. I'm wearing his underwear." Yeah, two two good underwear jokes yeah. right there. Very different parts of the movie, but uh, bringing them up in tandem. Yeah, that part's great. He's like smooth with the ladies. Uh, he he meets the uh, the secretary of the school who immediately implies that she's had sex with seven of the ten smartest people in the world. Yeah, she's looking for number one. Yeah, yeah she's just a big time sapiosexual sexy lady. And then like uh, later on, tries to bone Mitch. Yeah, it's another another <laughs> reason these movies are twin films because you've got a woman in her early thirties trying to fuck a fifteen year old. I f- I forgot about that scene too. Jeez, um, and she's just like in yeah. his room and is like, "You want to see my lady knockers?" <laughs> Direct quote. I don't think that's way. how she says. She it. says it like no. that, exactly like that. She sounds um, like a sick thirty-one-year-old man. We uh, yeah, um, just random other images and stuff that have been good so far in the movie. Uh, there's a part where um, uh, they're in like the I don't know little commissary area of their dorm uh, Chris asks Miss Mitch if he wants a coffee from the like coffee vending machine uh, Chris like uses some device that cuts a sliver of an icicle off that's apparently perfectly quarter shaped and weighted uh, and puts that in the machine and gets whatever he wants that's good stuff that's I love like 80s fake future technology stuff like Revenge of the Nerds is flush with it. I love I love just their stupid little shitty inventions. I wish this movie had a robot for no reason like Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah, does. that'd be great if it just had like a little just a robot rolling around going beep, I'm glad boop, it beep I'm glad it doesn't have as horrific of sex crimes as Revenge <laughs> of the Nerds does, but I wish it had a robot. Um yeah, we get the second montage now, and it's just uh, Val Kilmer trying harder at school because uh, uh, he doesn't want to actually get flung to let this all be for nothing. Uh, it, there's a promise of some like prestigious job you get. He's going to get to, which now he's saying uh, Jerry's saying he's going to give it to Kent instead. Um, at some point, Mitch has <laughs> uh, successfully figured out how to enter the. Uh, Laszlo's chambers in the closet which I think was as simple as closing the door behind you in the closet Um, and it it opens into the tunnels under the school Um, so at this point we've like opened up a bit about Laszlo we find out uh, um, uh, fucking Chris was aware of him as well Uh, that was really what changed him we find out in their heart to heart that uh, he he was the smartest guy, acted just like Mitch, worked himself to the bone all the time. He went down there, found Laszlo, who is previously smarter, as he said, smarter than the two of them put together, uh, who had completely burned himself out. Now he just lives there. He saw the most disturbing thing he's ever seen, which is Laszlo in his under in his pajamas, um, living under the school i guess so we start to get a little closer with laszlo he becomes an actual character uh we find out he's like figured out the probability of this frito-lay mail-in 
rebate thing and he's bought so much you just enter as many times as you want so you spend all this time entering over and over and uh, it's calculated he'll win about 32 percent of the prizes including a new car uh so i love to see when a character is doing like an insane punch drunk love style uh scam uh this This has almost nothing to do with the rest of the movie this is also based on like a thing that like dudes at like cal state fullerton did in the 70s where they, yeah. they like it was like a McDonald's sweepstakes, and they were estimated to have entered like like one fifth of all entries were theirs. They just did that's the wild. exact same thing. It's, Which, it's you, wild because like you remember the McDonald's monopoly thing, how that was yeah. like a mob something, like the mob was in mm-hmm. on McDonald's monopoly, and they're good. McDonald's got their hands in all kinds of if you, shit. If you scroll through the trivia section for Real Genius, it's just kind of like there's a bunch of stuff like that where it's like. A bunch of little things like loosely based on real like smart guys and just stuff that actually happened and sort of like they're somewhat real science backing uh most of the stuff just taken to kind of like fantastical conclusions and it's it's long it's a lengthy trivia section for a stupid little mid-80s comedy i might want to check that out um this is, I think, when Mitch returns to the dorm after they've been working hard on the laser, uh, and that sexy secretary secretary lady is there trying to fuck him. Uh, we cut out of that scene. We cut into Jordan's dorm where she is in the middle of the night uh, sanding her floor with an industrial sander. He interrupts her uh, and explains how this woman came on to him. Uh, he didn't want to do that because he wanted to do it with her. Uh, really weird fucking scene because he's a freaky looking little weird kid uh, she looks like a normal adult and they kiss and uh, uh, it's implied that they fuck each other <laughs> strange strange stuff but uh, good good for them I guess I don't know the movie wants me to think it's fine so I guess it's fine maybe <laughs> their, their consent laws are different back then I don't know um uh kent in his jealousy uh sabotages the laser by like putting some grease or something on one of the lenses um so that uh uh the whole laser ends up exploding the next time chris turns it on uh in his uh it, it like fully is destroyed um in his depression over it he has a eureka moment and realizes uh they can achieve what they need to do by like chemically insanely cooling the components or something like that it's it's fake technology that doesn't really make sense uh he also goes and aces his final exam uh he leaves a note on jerry's desk when he turns it in that says i aced this and he puts an (laughs) apple on the desk jerry uh throws them both in the trash uh really angrily and then the apple explodes uh that's 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 funny little more just fake uh, invention stuff they're doing these guys are like fucking gnomes just coming up with side yeah, inventions out of nowhere to do stuff. pranks. I love it. Where do they find the time? Um, great question, truly. Um, let's see. But yeah, their their invention works. Um, they tell Jerry all about it. Everyone's celebrating. They're so excited. Uh, the laser shot like clear through to the other side of town. Uh, they follow it to see how far it's gone celebrate at this uh oh man this bar they go to looks so fucking fun <laughs> they're they're eating nice hamburgers at this cool bar um they're all celebrating 
Jordan and Mitch are kind of cuddled up. That's nice. Um, there's like actively a fight happening at the pool table as they enter the bar and oh man, it's great stuff. Um, but Laszlo shows up, uh, cause he's extrapolated the idea that, uh, like how their invention could be used and they're all smart enough to finally realize, Oh, we've probably just made a weapon that could do horrible things. They race back to the lab, uh, to, uh, to like try to, I don't know what they're going to do there. Just like, destroy what they've created or whatever maybe but it's all gone already uh this is when the movie starts getting absolutely insane uh they gotta figure out what's going on so they like they knock out gas kent and then put a bug in his braces that's so they can speak to him and convince him the voice of jesus is talking to him only in his mind uh I don't know. They they find out through him that uh, it's been ta- the weapon's been taken to a <laughs> bless you, taken to a air force base. Uh, so they sneak onto the base <laughs> once again. Uh, we got another fake mustache scene going on. We got to put a fake mustache on. Yeah, uh, the the reveal of having the mustache on Mitch. on Mitch is pretty good. Where like you kind of just so see Val Kilmer the whole time, and then it just kind of like when they're giving their IDs over the first time just like kind of a slow pan over to Mitch and he's got a little mustache on yeah um this briefly becomes a little heist subplot uh where they sneak into this base and uh change the coordinates of the laser uh we don't know where it's going but uh the day comes they're gonna test the laser uh and they test it successfully they've they've got a like big plane flying out there that's gonna launch the laser uh they're they're crowded around with like the dean of the school and a local congressman uh to show them what's been created without their knowledge blow the whistle on everything um and they recalculated it to angle into uh jerry's house where it uh hits like a prism in his stained glass windows and uh heats up a what couple hundred pound aluminum bag of popcorn kernels that all pop and fill and destroy the house. Uh, uh, Kent enters the house uh, thinking this is where Jesus has directed him, uh, asks for a sign as the laser comes in, uh, thinks he's having a holy experience as all the popcorn explodes everywhere. That, I forgot. Dead, I, I thought Kent died. Uh, he would have. He should said. Wikipedia said that he can be seen uh, sliding out of the house in the wave of popcorn surfing on a door but I don't remember seeing that I just ended this movie thinking Kent died <laughs> um, but Jerry's house is destroyed um, I finally got to add another uh, movie to my list of corn movies anyone who doesn't know I have a letterboxed list of uh, movies that feature corn while, in one huh? way or another and yeah this actually made me remember a couple I had forgotten like Interstellar I got to add, there's so much corn in that movie. Um, yeah, the house truly like falling apart at the hinges from all the popcorn coming out is actually like, it looks pretty cool. Like I'm having fun watching that popcorn come out. I like popcorn. Uh, Laszlo, uh, Laszlo shows up in like a Winnebago uh, <laughs> that he won with his Frito-Lay scam and a bunch of other stuff. So he's like leaving town to marry that sexy secretary who uh, claims she finally found the smartest man in the world, Laszlo. They're getting married. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, 
And the movie ends with our character celebrating Jordan and Mitch embracing uh, Chris happy that uh, he's smart and they did what they wanted to do, but uh, nobody actually got hurt. And the movie ends on uh, slow-mo, a bunch of neighborhood kids playing in the popcorn while Tears for Fears is Everybody Wants to Rule the World plays and the end credits start to roll. This is an insane ending to a movie, honestly. This, I mean, this movie goes buck wild so many times over. Like, the plot gets so much bigger than you think it's going to at any point. Like, whereas Weird Science is just two losers creating creating I'm I'm about to say two losers creating a lady as if that's some small feat but uh, <laughs> uh yeah, the storyline is just those guys kind of personally growing mm-hmm. whereas this movie becomes uh creating and then having to destroy a uh insanely highly advanced like space age war weapon yeah right uh, just absolutely wild stuff here um yeah, this thing's chock full of jokes. Val Kilmer's great in this. Um, the sexual and gender politics of this movie aren't nearly as bad as the other movie. No, nah, there's um, not really anything there. It's fairly wholesome, all things considered. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I like both of these movies, like, fine enough. Like, three, three and a half tops. Yeah, I give both of these about a three and a half uh, uh it's probably like a 3.2 if i'm like picking nits on it um sure but that, like there's funny Kelly LeBrock, clearly my hottie of the week oh i was gonna pick val kilmer um oh that actually makes a lot of sense uh yeah val val you know what you're getting one too and one, um, one from each movie we're going kelly LeBrock, val kilmer yeah it, it's they're fun i enjoy them yeah. these are fun enough dumb movies I but I will say like I love gadgets. If it's not uh you know wasn't made clear by my lack of commenting about real genius in much of a way. I don't really have many, many thoughts on it. It's kind of like the movie kind of happens. I don't feel like there's really much to like dissect. It's kind of just like yeah jokes in places where jokes should be. J- j- jokes and like fun gadgets are what like set this movie above, but. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> it's just eighties uh, fake nerd culture stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, so, I like it. Both of these movies are good, but it's fun to watch, watch these if you haven't watch watch more Val Kilmer movies. Yeah. And uh, um, that, of course, uh, ends our uh, short-lived uh, Valentine's Fortnight. Max, what are we watching next week? Oh, guess again, brother! It's fucking Valentine's fifth. Five Nights at Val's. We're going back to the well? Yeah, We're going back to the Val? Yeah, we're going back to the Val. Uh, We're watching Top Gun and Iron Eagle. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, If we can find a fourth Val Kilmer movie. Although we're we're pushing up on October at this point. So we're... uh, I might have to switch to some horror films here. Yeah. Um, Hopefully Val Kilmer has been in a movie... I can't. I don't think Val Kilmer's been in a horror movie. We'll we'll look it up off pod. Yeah, but um, yeah, we're we're going back. We got we got one more. Um, we'll see if I like uh, Top Gun any more 
this time around from the last several times I've seen it. Um, I, I, I love Top Gun. I'm having a great time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what we got. Um, thank you for tuning in this week. Sorry again yeah, for we, my we, we pulled a fast one, sick sorry. grossness and gross sickness. Yeah, I wonder how many of your horrible noises will pick Hopefully up. Hopefully not. Pop. I'm going to edit the shit out of this thing. Max did a great job of turning away to sneeze and cough and stuff, but I, we have, we have like decent mics. I don't know. I was I still heard it. I don't know what's getting picked oh, up man, on the I'm, record. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in and edit the shit out of my uh, my 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 track here. So. Um, I'm going to love it when somehow you fuck that up and your track ends up being like four minutes shorter than mine and just none of the audio syncs. You know, we didn't even uh, mention the fact that, and I don't think we did last week either, Val Kilmer was in our episode for Red Planet uh, and Mission to Mars. Um, Yeah, we should have saved that. I mean, if we want to do a bunch of runbacks, that means we got four Vals. Yeah, that's true, but... By next week, we'll Val have Kilmer's a bona fide, bona fide lead as a four-timer, too. Yeah. Not just like a weird character actor that happens to be in a bunch of these. Right. I don't know if anybody else. I would have to do some digging to figure out if we got any other four-timers or four-timers of this much clout. Val, Val Kilmer's been in some horror movies now. He was in a movie called The Thaw. He was in The Snowman, that horrible Michael Fassbender movie. Um, yeah. The yeah, Island I, I was of looking, Dr. Moreau, I was, Twixt. Yeah, I was, I was going to figure out if we could make one of these work. Uh, we might still. To, to, to tie in October. And, yeah, I'll, I'll do some digging here. He's been in way more movies than I realized. Yeah, so he's he's a man about town, apparently. Um, right. But yeah, let's wrap this up. Fuck this. Let's go. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been Doubled Feature. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, at Doubled Feature, Instagram, Doubled Feature. You can send an email to doubledfeaturepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow Dan and I both personally on Letterboxd and Twitter. Dan is at Danny Jankum, and I am at Mac underscore dead. You can see all of our reviews uh, for movies and uh, before we record and um, all our what you've been watching stuff. And that's that's fun. Uh, thanks, Ryan at Ryan Laser on Twitter for our theme music and Sam at Hero Institute for our logo. You can read Sam's webcomic Life of a Stepdad on his Twitter uh, as well as um, check out the webcomic Sam and I do together at Nerds Day at Nerds Day, NerdsDay.com. It's a Dungeons and Dragons webcomic. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you can also rate, subscribe, review the podcast where you can, when you can, while you can. Get at it. It's going away. They're taking away ratings. Nobody knows this, but they are. Uh, and uh, yeah, it helps us out. helps us grow our audience. If that's something you want to see happen, uh, I want to see it happen. And uh, Dan, any last words for the people? Uh, she blinded me. With science. Yeah. Okay.